The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Holly, it's too fun when we can get uh, friends together. And we've said this before, that the radio community, the Christian radio community in Canada is about this big, it's super mm-hmm. small. Mm-hmm. And so when we're able to, when you, when you make a friend and you create this friendship, it seems to be one of those friendships that lasts forever. And our uh, guest for this week is kind of one of those friendships that lasts forever. Yeah, I think I've known him for 10 years now. Well, I, I remember the first time I saw you, Holly, because it was you and Johnny at uh, Harvest Moon Festival, I think 2004, maybe. With uh, oh, wow, word, yeah, because I traveled all the way to Edmonton to was it Harlick Park? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I was new in radio, and I was in Medicine Hat, so I came up for that, and I was watching you guys on the stage for what was it? Uh, yeah, you guys were just starting. Yeah. And uh, and so, yeah, that was a it was a great experience. I got to come up and introduce Stereo Trap because I like the guys and they knew me. <laughs> oh, well, then let's let's take a, a minute here to uh, welcome our guest for this week. And uh, Scott Fitzsimmons, my friend, how are you? I am doing very well. How are you? We're uh, good. And that yeah, was quite so the trip from, down memory lane. That just means that we're all old. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we yeah. had to drop dates, Scott. <laughs> sorry. So sorry. <laughs> we were all newbies then, eh? Yeah. yeah. And now oh we're, air quote, seasoned veterans. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> I love that. So, I love that. Well, we uh, like to ask the skill testing question, Scott, because we never sure. know where it's going to go. Who are you and where did you come from? My name is Scott Fitzsimmons. Um, I came from Calgary, mostly because I was born there and lived <laughs> there for five months. Uh, but I've been in Saskatchewan for the majority of my life. And uh, and I'm in Yorkton, Saskatchewan. I always said I wasn't going to go east of Sask- Saskatoon. Mm-hmm. And uh, God told me otherwise. So I've been here now for 16 years almost. Wow. Oh, 16 years because it, wow. it was December 2005 that... God brought me here and I met my wife here and had some kids and we're enjoying ourselves in this wonderful, balmy Saskatchewan <laughs> winter, which is actually quite nice today. The first day in two weeks. So we're, uh, I think we're just under zero. Beautiful. Yeah. So you're wearing shorts, I guess. Oh, yeah. Always. <laughs> <laughs> the real question, though, is you were born in Calgary. Do you cheer for the flames? I cheer for the flames, the Stampeders, anything hey. Calgary. Well, it was really great chatting with you, Scott. Uh, <laughs> I knew that was good. <laughs> so was, I mean, you, you, you've been in radio now for a, a number of years. Was radio always the thing? Was that kind of the, I mean, Holly and I talked about that we wanted to do radio since we were kids. Was that kind of running through your blood as well? Yes and no. It's funny because I always had plans uh, to be an athlete. Um, I, I loved sports. Uh, I've always loved sports. Uh, but one of the other things I loved was music. I've always just loved music. It just grabs me. And I, I've always loved to listen to different types of music, but I've also loved Christian music. And I, I did some football reports on a radio station in Brooks when I was living there. And then I uh, ended up going into broadcasting school and it was just totally a God thing The the one last spot opened up and my teacher who is actually, I would say a good friend of mine, he said, Hey, you know what? We'll figure things out for the 
the student loan. Basically, nine days before the school year, I was kind of humming and hawing whether I should go. And he's like, well, I've got a spot here if you want it. And so the next day he filed stuff and I was planning to go to broadcasting school. And so that was in January of 1999. And so after that, worked at News Talk Radio in Saskatoon and and kind of went in there. And I said to God one time, I'm like, I'd like to do Christian radio or sports radio. Couldn't decide which. <laughs> and I'm like, but I want Saskatoon or Calgary. And so I was like, ah. And then I was realizing, well, Calgary was the only one that had both of those. And Saskatoon had neither. And then I got a call from Medicine Hat. And so I helped start <laughs> a live 99.5. But I realized I linked, looked back and I we used to pretend and record uh, radio shows. And I always listen to the radio in the morning. I'd wake up CKOM Brent and Penny in the morning in uh, in Saskatoon and always tried to win bike a day in May. So, I mean, <laughs> it, I was one of those prize people, you know, that always mm. tried to win something. And uh, I had redial, you know, set perfectly. And I've also had uh, my ability to punch keys fast was ridiculous. <laughs> and so I won a lot of stuff from radio. I've always appreciated it. And I didn't realize just how much I did until I was in radio. And so it's funny because being in radio, though, I had never like growing up, I listened all the time. I recorded things. I was doing my own show. I never once called into a radio show because I was too nervous. Yes, that was <laughs> me, too. I remember I a few times I, I tried and I was like sweating profusely. And the announcer's like, hi, you're listening to this station. I'm like, ha, 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 um, <laughs> I like cheese. <laughs> That's what it was like working with Holly all those years doing mornings. <laughs> believe it my favorite moment was i was listening to my walkman on the bus and i was listening and c95 had this uh, movie trivia and i've always been good at movie trivia and i stopped the bus got off went to a payphone and answered the question and won myself movie passes and so hilarious i'm like it was a competition and i'm like i had a quarter so i could make the phone call it was awesome that's that was how dedicated i was to those things you had me at Walkman. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You had me at Quarter. <laughs> that's right. So you, you have this passion for radio, and it was either sports or, or Christian radio. So was faith always a big part of your life as well? Oh, yes. I grew up in a Christian family, and uh, and I, my mom was, I, they loved music, per, you know, everything. I grew up with every kind of music. Um, but my mom loved the Christian music. She's kind of the one that uh, inspired it. My dad liked it too, but my mom was always introducing us to new artists. And and so I just remember listening to some of these Christian songs in bed as I'm going to sleep. And I'm like, man, this is good. I want to sing this in church because I want people to hear what the words say. It was just, I'm like, I'm seven. And I'm like, five years later, I'm like, I don't know if I want to sing in church. (laughs) (laughs) Things change when you you get a little older. Faith has been so important to me. Uh, You know, I've had different levels of of devotion, if you will. Um, But it's always been there. I, I don't remember becoming a Christian, but I know that God was always real to me. I always thought it was kind of sad when I was at camp and everyone would say, oh, I, I became a Christian when I was five or I became a Christian mm. when I was four. And I'm like, I became a Christian when I was 
for, you know, because I didn't know. I just, Mm -hmm. it was just always real. And my mom said she remembers when, but I'm like, I don't, but I've always felt like God's just right there and he seemed real to me. And so that that's always been there, even if I was doing stuff, maybe I shouldn't have. So you get into radio school, you're going to become a huge radio DJ. (laughs) Um, And then life brought you to Yorkton. What was that transition like from being in Medicine Hat and starting a station to going to Yorkton? Well, Medicine Hat was interesting. I loved the city. I was getting involved in a church, and so I didn't have any desire to to go anywhere. But then uh, more radio magazine came out, and they said that Yorkton's looking for a PD. And I'm like, well, I could do it, but I don't want to move to Yorkton. I, I just, <laughs> I, I had two bad experiences going to Yorkton, or sorry, going to Winnipeg through Yorkton. And if you aren't paying close attention when you're in Yorkton, mm-hmm. you could end up going north. And that's what happened to me one time. I went an hour and a half north oh. and had to backtrack in the middle of the dark. Oh, it was just terrible. You know, I had presents stolen from my car in Winnipeg. Like it was just, and so Yorkton was just not on my radar. And then my broadcasting teacher who knew the person that started the station Dennis Dick said, just give him a call. And so I did. He's like, it can't hurt. And so I talked to Dennis and the way he was talking, I'm like, within 10 minutes, I'm like, I want to work for this guy. And so, yeah, that was in August of 05. And then by December, we all went out there and started this, this thing called The Rock, which is 98.5 now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, quite a journey with that station as well, being in Yorkton, uh, a bit of a smaller Mm -hmm. market, but yet having an incredible impact on the community there. Well, and that's what, yeah, it's been enjoyable. I I think of all the people that I've connected with in this 15, 16 years that I've been here. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's incredible when you start to think about, yeah, like a Christian station in Yorkton. Mm -hmm. Uh, Regina hadn't had one. Saskatoon had a small one. So people were just kind of like, what's going on? You know, like, why Yorkton? But that's just what God wanted to do. And so I came out and and we've had some changes and things have gone in different directions. But uh, but God has been guiding it. And, and we've been enjoying being a part of Yorkton for 16 years now. Mm-hmm. What I appreciate is uh, over the last while, I feel, and I mean, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Do you feel like your faith has gotten stronger over the last number of years than maybe when you were young as a child or when you first got into, say, Christian radio? I think so. I, you know, it's Christianity has just been a constant uh, learning experience. I love to learn. Uh, I love to watch sermons. I love to watch or listen to some of the people. Uh, I listen to Focus on the Family all the time. I listen to Charles Stanley. Uh, you know, all these different things to try and learn. Uh, it was nice having that as a Christian radio station, being a part of that. Uh, when I came in, obviously, you've got uh, one thing I've noticed is since my 20s, you know, you think you know everything, you think you're, you know, pretty <laughs> solid, then you get married, then you have kids, and, you know, you start to realize, wow, I didn't really know that much about life and faith and things. So, you know, it, it really has been, and and it's kind of a uh, almost a theme in my my Christian life is that uh, 
God uses struggles, I find, to to bring us to a, a deeper level of faith. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we had twins that were born seven weeks early, and we had to spend a, a month in the NICU, and they were fine. But that taught us a lot about really pushing in and and trusting God, and that was uh, it was a struck a struggle to go through, but. We came through a lot stronger. Our kids are are awesome and they're super healthy and and they've really grown in their own faith. It's kind of neat to see that coming along. But with that, uh, my mom had a stroke while we were in the hospital. They came to visit while we were waiting to have the baby and she had a stroke while she was sitting there. And mm-hmm. so one of the struggles for me was I would uh, leave my kids leave my wife in her room because she wasn't in the same place because she had had a c-section and then my mom's in another room and so i went to the lobby one day and just called my my aunt and said i i'm struggling here because i have no idea what to do and i spent some time in prayer and uh, you know i couldn't have come through it without you know the help of god and and so it's it's one of those things that has caused me to grow and to trust that you know what we're going to make through it make it through it because it was it was only really a month when you think about things maybe a little bit longer but you know in the moment that was the hardest thing I'd ever gone through in my life and then from there you know you come home with the babies and things are okay and you think (laughs) all right now I have my happy ending but that wasn't that wasn't the story for you was it (laughs) Well, you know, it really, things were great after that when it came to, uh, you know, our relationships. Again, our church was incredible at uh, coming on board. Uh, the station was wonderful about allowing me to uh, come back on the weekend for a couple of days to help make the uh, scheduling and things like that to happen. Uh, you know, they were wonderful. I mean, it's been awesome to work with great people and to be a part of the church who supported you in different ways. Um, and then we moved to a different house and we've been there for 11 years, you know, all these different things. Uh, and, and then, you know, things are, I, I don't want to say they got stagnant, but I think that sometimes that's what happens, you know, when you're, you know, you've got those highs and lows and, and I was always, I feel strongest when things were high. Cause you're like, praise the Lord. You know, everything's great. Mm-hmm. And then when they were low, it's like my back would get up and I'm like, okay, you know what? Something's happening here. We're still going to praise the Lord. But it's when I, you know, in the middle that you kind of just start to like, uh, what's going on here? You know, and you kind of just forget how good and how powerful and how sovereign God is. And then, yeah, just different things have kind of come and gone. And and it was in May of 2019, I had just spent the evening with my daughter at her ballet recital. And we went for supper with grandma and grandpa. And they were so excited about Sadie, which always got to go to Dairy Queen after, <laughs> yes. after some of these events, you know, it, it, it's, it's a- York and you only have a couple different choices. <laughs> oh, you would be surprised how many choices we have here. It's kind of ridiculous, but Dairy Queen's <laughs> really one of the only choices that's, yeah, that's the way it's always been. Sure. And, uh, and so my, my mother-in-law, I always uh, say she saved my life because I, I was sitting 
and watching, and I was tired. I'd had a tough week. It was kind of tiring. Didn't know what was going on. I thought it was just because I hadn't gotten much sleep because my kids were sick early on in the week. And so I decided to stay up with them. And so I'm sitting there and my mother-in-law, she looks at me and she's like, your color in your face is terrible. You need to go get that looked at. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, I was just thinking I was tired. So the next day went to the doctor and said, go get some blood tests in the morning. And I was going to wait till Wednesday, but something God told me was like, go go tomorrow. Hmm. So I went on Tuesday and I was supposed to fast. So I didn't have breakfast, which is not something I like to do. I don't like to miss meals. And then I, and so my, my uh, fellow worker, Colleen, she's, she picked me up from the hospital and I said, can we run by McDonald's? I just want to uh, sausage McMuffin and fries and orange juice. Like just that's kind of one of my go-tos. And we got back to the, the station and <laughs> I got a call within 25 minutes saying, uh, you need to come back to the hospital. We want to talk to you about your blood levels. And I'm like, okay, nobody ever calls back 25 minutes. So I'm like, no. okay, they're serious. So I'll finish my, my uh, voicing and then I'll come back. <laughs> so I got a ride back and I hadn't, I basically was, driven to to Regina uh, by ambulance because my platelets were I think something like uh, 10 and they're supposed to be uh, 150 so it was just kind of you knew that something wasn't right and so the next day was um, kind of distressing I've never been one to panic in these situations and so I was in the hospital and I'm like, just uh, put me in a corner. I, I'm feeling okay. I just know that something's not right. And, you know, you, your mind wanders and you're kind of wondering. But the next morning, I knew I was going to have to have a bone marrow biopsy uh, to see what's going on because platelets and stuff are created in the blood or sorry, in the bone marrow. And so I knew that that was coming up because I've watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I know that... You know, ah, whatever. We'll see what happens. It's it. You know, and I was by myself, so I knew that I wasn't really putting anybody out yet. Um, not realizing that probably everybody back home is panicking, <laughs> wondering what's going on, and mm-hmm. they couldn't be here. And so I was there by myself, and it was time for the bone marrow biopsy. And you know, I've never been you know hugely adverse to pain. I it's something that. I can handle for the moment and see how it goes. And, and uh, I saw the big needle that was going to go into my hip. And so I was just kind of like, okay, I think this is okay. I'm all right. You know, I'm just kind of feeling. And then all of a sudden in, it was the only despair that I had felt in the cir- circumstance. And it was like, God said, I'm not done with you yet. Mm-hmm. And it was just calming. And, and it's, it's one thing to hear something and say, was that you God? It was just, a knowing. And so my whole body just calmed and it was just, I could not believe it. And so that's kind of been one of my, my uh, things that I stand on when I'm going through these things is that, uh, you know what, God's not done with me yet. And he he wasn't. So that day I was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic, uh, sorry, lymphoblastic leukemia. And it's something that goes really fast. So they said, I probably didn't have it very long but it's one that moves fast so we need to get on it now and so started chemotherapy and 
two days, I think it was. Yeah, within 11 days, I was, it was kind of a roller coaster. I, I, my liver started to fail. So they stopped the chemo, stopped everything and just kind of waited. That was 11 days out of a 28 day protocol. So I was supposed to have this for 28 days. Day 11, I stopped. And so basically, my body started to heal. And I had one test, a CT scan, because I went through the scan, they didn't find anything, but some of the processes allowed my body to kind of start cleaning itself out. And so it ended up being something that caused me on on a huge uh, recovery within within a week. Uh, it was ridiculous. Like in my head, we're worried about all these things. You know, you're this close to dying and all of a sudden I'm seeing my numbers bouncing right back up in huge fashion. And so, uh, you know, we talk about it, God healed me. You know, it was one of those things where, you know, I went down to the lowest where I could be, but people don't get sent into remission without a full 28 days of, of this chemo protocol, which is called the uh, Dana Farber protocol. And so it was, it was incredible. I remember the day my wife came to visit me and they just out of the blue, they're like, do you want to go on a, a weekend pass? I'm like, sure. <laughs> and I came back on the Monday and they were there. They basically said, okay, well, we have to go f- through a few things, but you can, you can go home today if we can get it done. And we did. And I was home and I'm like, what? <laughs> like on Friday, I, I thought it was going to be at least a week, maybe more. And then you come home and, and it just started to recover from there. And so, yeah, that's uh, part one of, <laughs> of an interesting <laughs> story, but that's where it was. Yeah. It's the, the cancer battle. And, and I, I have to say this because this is part of what, uh, what I'm all about and what I'm doing nowadays uh, came out of the hospital and the first song that came on the air, I'm probably going to start crying if I talk about this. Um, Riley Clemens, uh, fighting for me was on the radio and I'm listening to the song and it's like, you never stop fighting for me. And I'm just like, everything I needed, you know? And so again, as I've gone through all these things, Christian music of all kinds has been such an inspiration to me. Uh, it's kept me going, (laughs) uh, you know? It's there's so many stories that that tie towards how God has used me. God has done things in me through Christian music, and so uh, it's it was just awesome, you know, to be able to to hear that and be reminded of just how good God is, and even in some of these struggles, uh, He's still fighting for me, and it's uh, it's awesome. As, as somebody who is a family man and somebody who wants to remain strong for their family. You're in a city where your family isn't at. You get this diagnosis of cancer. How difficult was it for you to hear it? And then for you to then have to call your wife and let her know what was going on. (laughs) Well, I'll, uh, I'll go back at by that point, by the time I'd gotten my diagnosis, my family had gotten there. Okay. But, um, it was funny. The doctor, when he got there, 
gave us this diagnosis didn't some people might not like such a blunt statement just comes in and says you have acute lymphoblastic leukemia and you're just like what "Uh, uh." (laughs) and we were wondering like you you brought us into this this room that's like not isolated but it was a single room for one which doesn't happen in a hospital um and and they were kind of, it was just interesting. And I'm like, and I asked one of the nurses afterwards, did they know the diagnosis when they put me here? And they're like, well, no. I mean, it was ideal because this is where they would have put you or waited to put you. But uh, so we're sitting there. And all I could think of is God's not done with me yet. So that's what he told me. And uh, and so my wife and my my kids, I don't think really grasped what was going on. But my wife was just like, Oh, it was it was hard. And so we had some time just to to cry and pray and in the room by ourselves as they got us ready. And yeah, it was, you know, I think at times there you start to question, OK, God, what's going on here? Why is this happening? We just kind of gathered our thoughts. And, and I know that I really I wasn't too distraught because of what had been said to me it's it's one of those things where you start to realize okay well if god's not done with me yet and he's telling me this in context of what's happening then then it's like oh okay well if he's not done with me yet i'm gonna trust that that means he's going to bring me through it and and he did and it was it was great uh, not without some struggles i'm sure i'm sure that he asked my aunts that came to visit and stay with me i'm sure times when i was going through things that uh i wasn't as um how you say uh uh you know i wasn't going through it in a in a positive way or i was reacting necessarily not in a a positive way but I don't remember those things. They yeah. they tell me every once in a while some of the stuff that happened, <laughs> but I, I've always tried to be positive in these circumstances. And and my aunt said it was kind of funny that my my blood is be positive. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's kind of one of the things I stand by: be positive. And so that was kind of my attitude through this was, you know, trusting God, trusting the doctor. And uh, and my sister Shannon, I loved that she said this, but she said, you know, pray that uh, the doctors would know what not to do and what to do, you know, because yeah. you know, as they say, they're practicing. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. practice, you know. They some things they just don't know. They go by what they know, and and so we just, I just tried to be as positive as I could, and 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 so yeah, it was a. Uh, it was an interesting time of my life, those uh, 28 days in the hospital. What has life been like since then? Well, <laughs> yeah, how much time do we have? Uh, <laughs> as much as you want. <laughs> okay. um, basically, you know, it was such a whirlwind. We went uh, to family camp at the end of June. I got home at June on June 3rd. A month later, we went to family camp and I was supposed to stay out of the sun. So that was kind of hard because the you know, the chemo could cause, uh, you know, sunburns, things like that. Just got to be careful. So it, I tried to do as much as I could. Um, I tried to uh, to get out and do some walking and things like that. And so I cover myself up. I had a, a big hat and I had a long sleeve black shirt, you know, so trying to get 
ex- exercise and get back. And, uh, and one of the things that I would do is I'd just call up a friend and say, Hey, you want to go for a drive or something and do something. And my wife would like to go to the beach, but again, I couldn't go. And so one day my friend and I went out and he dropped me off and I get home and there's a phone call that the stem cell transplant team would like me to come for a stem cell transplant. And we had met with them before and, and it was so awesome to find out that my sister was a perfect match. Now, stem cell mm. transplant, you can go with that or you can go with three years of chemo uh, for maintenance and see. And a lot of people end up coming coming out of it. So it was kind of hard to tell what was going to be the choice. And then they finally, we were thinking it was a God thing that my sister was a perfect match. And then we go to talk to them about stem cell transplant and they have to tell you all the possibly, you know, all the, the possible side effects and the negative things that could happen. And you could tell the doctor just felt heavy and it was almost an hour of, of telling us the negatives that could happen from this. And so we went from super high (laughs) to like, okay, well, which is it? You know? And the other thing was I was going to have to stay in Saskatoon for four months and the first month in the hospital, I wasn't allowed to see my kids. And that mm. was hard. So when we get the call that they want us to come for stem cell, I it, was, it wasn't the positive situation we were kind of hoping for. And we knew that it would be faster, um, but we just didn't know what was going to happen with it. And I just didn't want to be away from my kids for that long. But sure. we... We went through it and I stayed at my aunt's. She opened up her home for me because I had to stay in Saskatoon for three months. They would not let me leave or be an hour away from that because they knew that if something happened, I had to get back to the hospital right away. So, so that's why I stayed at my aunt's place and they'd visit every couple of weekends. And then there was one weekend where my, my kids were sick and so they couldn't come. So I didn't see my, my kids for another three weeks. And it was just like, oh. oh, so going through that, uh, went through the treatments, everything went well for the most part. <laughs> um, and then I, you know, I spent three months eating ra- ravioli from Chef Boyardee and, and <laughs> trying to have cereal was always good for it, you know. It was a challenge, but yeah, I sure remember December 20th when they told me that A, I was cancer free and B, I could go home. Mm. Uh, it was, it was amazing. And, and I, it just reminded me of something that I felt like God had showed me, uh, back in my life that, um, being a radio person, being someone who loved to sing, I always felt like I would be attacked in my throat. Um, I would have the most pain in my life in my throat. And what is the best feeling in the world (laughs) when there's no pain? And so the difference is that there's no pain. However, to appreciate normal, (laughs) I had to go through that pain. And so it it was one of those things that I started to realize that, you know what? Um, it's, it's good. Everything is good. And so it's attitude sometimes of, of being in something hard can be really hard, but then when you get back to normal, it's amazing. Yet most of the time we're just, yeah, you know, things are just 
kind of flatline, but you're like, you don't realize just how good it is to be back in that situation. So that was, uh, that was a big thing for me. And, and from there started to get exercise, started to get busy again, uh, started to, uh, get my life back to normal. I was driving again, which was awesome. I had the strength to do that. And I love driving. And then, uh, yeah, one day I went to go get in the, uh, the bath <laughs> and I, I've been liking warm baths lately. And so I stepped in, I ran in the water for a bit, stepped in and I'm like, is the water the hot water off? Like what's going on? And then I stepped in with my other leg and it was warm. I'm like, okay, that's weird. And so yeah you know, kind of monitored that for a couple of days and realized, oh my goodness, something's not right. And so we went to the doctor again. And so then they started to take a look at my spine and see what's going on. So they put me in the hospital for uh, another eight, nine days of, uh, I think it was 29, no, 2020. Yeah. So it was like in the middle of all the COVID stuff and and uh, and so yeah that was kind of weird and so they wanted to do a biopsy a brain biopsy and they're like ah oh, there's just so much going on here what's going on and uh and they decided not to do that which we were okay with because needle yeah. in my brain just wasn't something i wanted <laughs> sure. to uh, have done uh but yeah from there uh they started to see that my my symptoms were uh, progressing so like now that feeling of uh, the difference of feeling of heat has kind of gone all the way up to my hips and it hasn't really progressed up, but it has definitely uh, intensified. So it's, it's kind of like I've got frostbite on my legs oh. all the time. So that's kind of annoying. Um, my muscles haven't uh, done well. Uh, with some of that. Um, but then one of the things they tried to do to treat that was they gave me massive doses of prednisone, which is a, is a miracle steroid <laughs> for some things, but it can also be very, very uh, detrimental to certain things. And so my sight started to go and uh, they thought it, thought it was cataracts and went through everything. And then finally in uh February of 2021, they finally got the surgery. They said two weeks and uh, come up, have the surgery. And we're like so excited. And kids and I were talking about like, what are we going to do when you can see again, barbecue again? Cause I love barbecuing and you know, all this stuff. And my kids had dyed their hair blue on a mid on a strip in the middle. And, and so it was kind of, uh, you know, we're all excited. And then, got through the surgery and it was uh, I could tell right away that wasn't what it was. And so, yeah. So not only had my sight uh, mostly gone <laughs> now after the surgery, it was all almost all gone. And so that was devastating. Um, you know, especially when you've taken yourself to such highs of, Oh, I'm going to see again, you know? And, and so, yeah, it kind of took us down, but we, we had kind of had our little cries and little things that we were going through. And, and we started to to kind of just say, okay, God, we don't know what's going on, but let's, let's see what happens. So we've had test after test, after test, after test. And, uh, 
and finally at the end of November this year, they stopped and they're just like, uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't know what's going on. And so for me, I, I've been feeling like God's just wanting to wait till everything's gone <laughs> till he can get the glory and, and say, you know what? Nobody else knows what it is. Well, I do. And here you go. Uh, that's one thing. Also, I, I've seen how, how much I've been able to do without sight. Um, mm. I, I love preaching and I've had a chance to preach at multiple churches in, in the past, but I think I've preached more since I've lost my sight than I did before. And it's just been awesome just to see that. Uh, I finally was able to, to do some, uh, f- some YouTube videos. And again, I didn't know what I wanted to do something. I'm like, Oh, this is something I could do to, gain some money and i'm like no i don't think that's what i want to do i think i just want to do something simple and just encourage people and so i started scott loves christian music and, yeah, he does. <laughs> and so it's like uh yeah i'll just I, i'm gonna keep doing it i've only done four at the moment but uh, i've got lots of plans uh, for others but you know it's that's a lot to throw into one <laughs> one space but uh, it's it's been uh it's been up and down but one of the things that i i've been standing on uh you guys know who Ginny owens is right mm-hmm. yeah her song uh if you ask me to uh was one of her first singles ever and uh, there was an, an album called a night at rocket town from 1999 michael w smith had just started his his record label which is now defunct and uh but he brought her on stage and she told her story and she's blind and so you know when i'm going through this you know she talks about her story and i'm gonna cry again um she there's one part of the the song where she talks about you know some of the struggles and she says but I'll go through the valley if you want me to. And then there's mm-hmm. one part which says, I will go through the fire if you want me to. Mm-hmm. And there's a part that is in that version. And one of the videos she does um, on YouTube, it's not on the the studio release or the album release, but it uh, when she says, she goes into a, another verse and she says, when I cross over Jordan, I'm going to scream. I'm going to shout. I'm going to look into your eyes and say, you've never let me down. And when I come through this, I know that I can say without a doubt that even with all these struggles, you've never let me down. God's never let me down. And uh, I don't know what he's got planned. I don't know uh, much at all. But all I know is that he's good. He's God and, and I trust him. So that's in a nutshell, what's, uh, what's been happening with me since mm-hmm. then. Not much, yeah. <laughs> but that's right. an incredible outlook. I love, you know, about your blood being be positive and, <laughs> you know, you're finding ways to encourage people and to keep the love and passion for music alive and sharing that with others. And that's, that's incredible. It's a gift you're giving other people. So, so thank you for doing that. You're welcome. I try. Yeah. Well, it's the Why Me Project podcast. So during the course of your life, maybe more recently or not, have you had moments where you've asked, why me? It could be in a valley or more on the mountaintop kind of situations or, mm-hmm. you know, there's just so many places that we ask why me of God. So can you think of any? Uh, 
I think one of the times, you know, I, I had been struggling with pain in my legs and, and I, I was struggling with uh, tinnitus. I know that radio people can tend to get this uh, music fans uh, when you're listening to loud music on a regular basis. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start to hear ringing in your ears and it was, it was something that I, I knew was a possibility, and I know people that have had it before, but it was causing me to not hear. Uh, I wasn't hearing as well. Uh, I didn't know what was going on, and you know, I, I've been standing on this. Okay, God, you're going to use me. You know, what's going on? Why? How am I supposed to do anything if I've got pain in my legs? I've got pain in my back. I can't see, and now I can't here and i'm like what are you going to do god why is this something that you have allowed to happen to me and i think that's one of the biggest questions so many people ask is why have you allowed this to happen uh and so i think that was probably one of my lowest points was yeah i mean my ears i need to hear music i need to hear my kids talk you know if i if you're going to take away my eyesight please don't take away my ears. And so I went to downstairs and I just, I just c- cried out to God. And I just said, what am I supposed to do? What are you going to do with me in, in this? What are, I know that you want to do something, but how <laughs> I think the why wasn't as, as hard for me. Uh, it was just more the how, <laughs> you know, and again, he's way bigger than I am. So, I mean, I understand that it's hard, but yeah, it was, why are you doing this? How are you going to use me in this circumstance? And that was the that was the biggest struggle I had in the middle of some of the hardest things because you know pain's been a part of this process, and I've always felt like God has kind of built me up with a pretty high pain threshold. But I think it's all more in the in my mind, uh, being able to kind of push past pain and things like that. So there was a lot of questions and there, there have been, uh, but the more that I just spend time talking to people, um, reading the Bible or listening to the Bible on my Google mini, uh, mm. but whatever it is, you know, I've been getting closer to, to God. And, and I just know that at some point he'll reveal what he's going to do uh, with me and through me. And so, uh, you know, for this most part, you know, I really felt like God's just been saying, you know, start at home, um, just spend time ministering to your family, to your kids, uh, to your wife, uh, for yourself, and uh, and focus on what's at home first, and then we'll see what's happening later. So that's been kind of my focus as of now. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, I guess that's the why. <laughs> Scott loves Christian music. Four videos in. I don't care what anybody else says. I am your number one fan. I don't I believe nobody, you. There's, there's no one else who's going to say that. Brother, we love you. We are so thankful you. that uh, you uh, took some time to uh, take us on your journey. Oh, no. I, anytime. I seriously, I love to talk, as you know. <laughs> I could have gone on. I think one of my first times that I shared afterwards was like an hour and 40 minutes. And so, <laughs> you know, this is this is fine. Well, it'll be uh, ne- probably next time we do this, we'll be saying uh, Pastor Scott. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I am absolutely OK with that. <laughs> I love it, Scott. Thank you so much. You're welcome. 
you see, you hear kind of what's going on through the stories of Facebook. Thank goodness for Facebook, but it still mm-hmm. makes it difficult to hear it again through Scott's tales because you're just like, I can't believe that you went through all this. And yet he's still coming out of it saying, you know, praise God. And, you know, let's just see what we can do for the future. Yeah, I know. It's pretty powerful just to see how he's taken the situation and really used it to just encourage other people. I have so much respect for him. I really do admire uh, him and how he's navigated this very difficult situation with his family. You'll have to be his uh, number two fan. Yes, I will. Scott loves Christian music. I will. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've had a chance to uh, go to Yorkton, the booming metropolis of Yorkton, and I I stayed a night. I've I've met his family and uh, just that that man's heart, the family alone, just incredible people. So it it was great that we could finally make this happen, Holly. Yeah, it absolutely was. And to hear his whole story to date, because I know God's not done with him yet. Amen. All right. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, There are so many places that you can find us and we would love for you to download. Let us know. What is it? Give us a 10 star review because we just want, well, sure. (laughs) I guess five is the limit. Um, You can also go on places like edify, uh, faithstrongtoday.com, wherever you get your podcasts and uh, yeah, be a part of what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And always you can reach out to us as well and just let us know what you're loving and what you want to hear more of. 